Jets fans, things have been going pretty okay for the past couple of days as the Jets are resting and recuperating, but unfortunately, Winnipeg got a bit of a double dose of bad news today, and quite honestly, it does impact not only Winnipeg's present, but potentially the future. We'll dive into what this news means for the Jets and how it might impact the rest of the season on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Jets fans, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, a couple of really big things to dive into today. Some not so great news for the Jets and their prospects. And unfortunately, this is going to potentially have a big downstream impact, not only on this season, but on the next. Before we go any further, though, just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Now, like I said, uh, the Jets got two pieces of bad news. Let's get the biggest one out of the way first. Chaz Lucius is uh, officially going to miss the rest of the WHL season after suffering a shoulder injury um, while playing for the Portland Winterhawks. Uh, Apparently, he got hit or something. I haven't seen the footage of it, but... It actually required him to get surgery, which really, really, really sucks. Uh, Lucius had basically been on a tear recently, was starting to look like that star prospect that we've all, you know, really been hearing him hyped up as. Certainly, we've seen flashes at the pro level of what Lucius may one day be. And, you know, for Chaz, it's it's a huge setback. He's had a couple of, uh, you know, season-ending injuries over the past couple of years. Um, even if it wasn't season-ending, certainly it was season-shortening. He had a nasty ankle injury, some kind of a hand injury. Earlier this year, he had a shoulder injury, and now he's had another shoulder injury. So things just really haven't been going according to plan for Chaz. It seems like he has struggled to stay healthy. And, you know, for Winnipeg, it's it's a little bit of a, a problem to deal with because, you know, th- this is like Chaz's prime development time, right? Obviously, there are a lot of players who have kind of had to go through the same process I think the best example of how long this process can take, especially for somebody who uh, is is unfortunately a little bit injury prone and occasionally aggravates the same injury. You know, you look at Gabriel Velarde, he took, you know, many, many years before he finally reached the NHL and look how good he's been for the LA Kings. So there's something to be said for being patient, letting a guy work through this kind of stuff and trusting in their ability to still be um a top-end NHLer, especially with the right guidance, rehabilitation, and proper planning. So I think for Lucius, you know, obviously this is a a setback, and he hasn't had uh, the same issue quite of of having, 
you know, the same injuries to the same areas multiple times. But I do think, you know, longer term for him, uh, it's going to be important for the Jets to kind of manage that, manage his load, make sure that he's not uh, pushing himself too hard and that he stays healthy and safe. I think that for Winnipeg um, is probably one of their biggest concerns, just making sure that he doesn't get in, you know, into any serious situations, making sure that he uh, can, can continue his development track because obviously he had like 15 points in six games. It was clear that with the Winterhawks, he was really starting to light it up. He was looking like one of the WHL's top stars. He was pushing the Winterhawks into a more competitive direction. So for, you know, for basically everyone involved, this is a super, super tough blow. Now, I said that this doesn't just impact the season, but beyond, right? So, we, you know, the future, obviously, you want to make sure that um, that Lucius is, is staying healthy and that he continues his progress once he returns from injury. But in the present for the Jets, you know, Lucius was one of the biggest prospects that Winnipeg could have offered for somebody like Timo Meyer. And I think with this injury... You know, it, it, I don't think it should be the be-all, end-all uh, of like a deal-breaker, right? I don't think it should be viewed as him having, you know, the same injury history as somebody like Velarde. But I do think it makes you wonder a little bit, right? If you acquire this kid in a trade for, say, Timo Meyer or, you know, any number of other top NHLers, what is his, what is his projectability like? Is he likely to make the NHL? Is he likely to stay healthy enough to go through pro hockey? I think there are legitimate questions about that. Uh, although from my taste, I, I think, you know, even just being a biased fan, I, I feel like it's a little bit too soon to say that. Uh, you do kind of wonder just a little bit, but not enough to where I feel like a, a team would walk away from the sheer level of talent that Lucius has. They've seen him when he's healthy and what he looks like, and they know that he can be a truly dynamic force. And you, you might look at the injuries to multiple parts of his body and say, maybe it's just a little bit of bad luck, right? Past couple of years, you have a couple of freak injuries or something. A lot of guys go through the same process. Maybe some of them, you know, unfortunately play through it, but other guys, you know, they get shut down partway through the season, you know, making sure that they don't really injure themselves uh, further and, and kind of risk their career. So I think for Lucius, I'm not too concerned yet, but I do think at the trade deadline, it might change his value a little bit. Maybe Lambert becomes the central piece of a future trade. Maybe Lucius is the guy who ends up staying with the Jets and one day eventually, you know, cracks the score and becomes a, a major member. I'm curious to kind of see how teams evaluate that. I think that is a, a legitimate question, especially as we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. You know, does that really impact Lucius? Uh, Lucius's ability to maybe be moved as part of a major package. I think for the Sharks, you know, with their timeline, not necessarily, you know, I think they would still look at Lucius as a prime young player who eventually would become a major part of their team. You know, they're not really worried so much about him um, being an impact player right now. So as long as you're patient, you let him heal up and you let him develop properly you know, you still expect him to be a, a future part of that eventual Sharks court. So if the focus is more on the long term, I think that would work to Winnipeg's benefit. But I think if it's a team that's asking for a, a present pro player right now, obviously he doesn't really fit that bill. And so, yeah, you might be in a, a little bit of a different situation. But by the same token, he wasn't even a pro player at the NHL level um, earlier this season. So it's not like that part has necessarily changed. It's just, will he be available for the rest of the year? 
obviously not. So something to keep an eye on, but I do think uh, for the Jets, at least it is really frustrating. And for, for Lucius, it really sucks. He was starting to light it up. He was looking really phenomenal. And it's a shame that such a promising young season was cut short in the manner that it was. But unfortunately for the Jets, it wasn't the only uh, suboptimal piece of news. In just a moment, we're going to dive into one of our players uh, from across the pond, so to speak, somebody who is playing in the KHL and has decided to maybe make a bit of a different career move than I think the Jets were expecting. We'll talk about this player and how this might impact Winnipeg's future in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners that I mentioned at the top of the episode at FanDuel. This year, the only app that you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner because they're the number one sports book in America. And like I said, that's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make the uh, betting on sports fun and super easy. Download FanDuel right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to how many touchdowns you might see from an individual player. So obviously this upcoming weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, you might be wondering, is it going to be Jalen Hurts or is it going to be Patrick Mahomes tossing three to four TDs? I think I would put my money on Jalen Hurts having the over four uh, touchdowns this game. He's been torching most really good defenses. And Mahomes, you know, he had an ankle injury, still pulled off a really big win against the Bengals, but you don't really want to bet on it too much if that injury is lingering. So something to think about as Super Bowl Sunday approaches. But no matter who you pick and place your bet on, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can bet you can get your uh, winnings paid instantly, which we all love a little bit of instant gratification. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Like I said earlier in the episode, we are just diving into some uh, frustrating news for the Jets recently regarding some of their prospects. It's not been the most ideal of situations. Lucius getting shut down for the rest of the season is a massive blow both to Lucius and Winnipeg. Uh, was really hoping for him to have a healthy year and build his skill sets and confidence at the WHL level. And unfortunately, just, you know, thanks to the cosmic irony and and uh, frustration of, of pro and, and junior level hockey, the injury gods have unfortunately decided to visit him again and strike him down. So really sucks, but Lucius is a really tough kid. He seems to bounce back a lot. So I'm hoping that this is just, you know, one of, uh, you know, the, the handful of temporary setbacks that he has had. He's had some bigger injuries previously. So, you know, it's not like this is the first time he's had surgery and he came back and looked, you know, pretty darn good even then. So uh, hoping for a quick recovery, want to see him back. But the other piece of not so great Jets news is uh, Rashevsky, who has been with uh, the KHL. He is actually renewing his contract for two years which on the face of it is is good for Ryshevsky, but not so good for the Jets, right? Uh, Dimitri is currently playing with uh, Dinamo Moscow, and for the Jets, uh, I, I think they were expecting Ryshevsky to potentially come over to Winnipeg sometime in the next year or so, 
Instead, they're just going to have to be, you know, sitting there on their hands waiting for a guy who's been really, really dominant. You know, he's got 30 points in 59 games so far. He's been an excellent attacking presence. Last year, he had 35 points in 48 games. And, you know, generally at the pro level, he's just been an excellent scorer, somebody that I think the Jets were likely expecting to be somewhere in the middle six to potentially even top six uh, sort of contributor, a great scorer. Somebody, you know, know, when you look at the footage of how he attacks the offensive area, he's great near the faceoff circles. His spatial awareness is great. He always seems to know where the dangerous and soft spots in defensive coverages is, and he'll often make goalies uh, pay for um, the lapses of their defenses. So it's, it's a curious decision. I don't know if he's just comfortable playing in Russia right now or if the geopolitical climate has maybe had um, some level of impact on his ability to potentially, you know, come overseas. Does he feel comfortable doing so? I, I don't quite know uh, what his rationale is, but uh, for the Jets, at least, it, it is a little bit concerning. You know, we've seen uh, Ivan Telegin, who, you know, ended up staying in Russia, never came over, and he's been uh, a decently serviceable player at the KHL level, but I think Ruszewski certainly has more potential to be an actual attacking presence. I don't think it's like a Kaprizov situation where uh, Kirill has, what, almost like 30 goals already this season. I don't think uh, Rudashevsky is necessarily that level of player, but somebody who would have been potentially like that third line piece that the Jets are missing, right? Uh, Dimitri has been um, a really balanced attacking scorer and somebody who has a lot of drive whenever he attacks the slot area. So I think, you know, if you were looking for that third line winger to really complete this top nine unit uh, on top of anyone that they acquire in a trade. It is kind of, uh, you know, frustrating that he's not going to be that for at least another two years. And I think I would have liked to have seen Dimitri joining the Jets sooner so that he can get used to North American ice, get used to the AHL and NHL level of games uh, and kind of familiarize himself with how Winnipeg wants to play. But he said no for the time being. Uh, I I can't necessarily blame him. I understand that there's probably a lot of extenuating factors and circumstances that uh, are, are really keeping him over there. But, you know, all the same, disappointing, just not really a great run of, you know, prospect news pieces. At least Lambert is still killing it for the Jets. So in that respect, it could be worse. Uh, Rucker McGroarty with the uh, Michigan, I think it is, has been doing really, really well, um, scoring tons of goals. And Rucker, you know, his offensive positioning, kind of the same thing that you see with Rashevsky. Very smart player, but potentially even more prolific. Uh, I think McGroarty's ceiling remains a lot higher than I thought at the time of the draft. I wasn't really aware of just how good of a prospect he was back then. Uh, and while his mobility might still be, you know, not on the same level of some of these other prospects like Rashevsky, who is probably close to being NHL ready, still Rucker will probably be a punishing scorer and somebody that I think for the Jets has the potential to be a real gem. So, for all of the bad news, there's still plenty of positive signs coming in the uh, next few months and years. So don't, you know, get too down, but just something to keep an eye on for the Jets. And hopefully, you know, the future core will come together sooner rather than later and show us uh, that next era of Winnipeg hockey. Now, speaking of roster changes and stuff, I've seen a lot of discussion about a certain player that the Jets might be interested in, right, from the Ottawa Senators And, you know, actually one of uh, our commenters here uh, was asking about him and what I thought about him. And I think this player is very intriguing. 
somebody that the Jets should definitely take a look at. And in many ways, it would kind of be coming full circle because, you know, he was taken after Logan Stanley. But if the Jets were to acquire him, maybe he would be um, the player who ends up outlasting Stanley with the Winnipeg Jets tenure. We'll dive into this player in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens because I was looking for a boost to my immune system, something to get my day going, and a, a bit of a supercharge to, you know, that, that frontline defense against the common bacteria and viruses we're all facing. Obviously, winter and fall have been pretty brutal on all of us, and there has never been a better time to arm yourself with something a little bit more sustaining. If you're wondering what AG1 is, it's a scoop mixed in with a cup of water that helps you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you're dealing with keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free dietary restrictions. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no nasty or dangerous additives. It contains less than one gram of sugar. It tastes great. And best of all, it is really affordable. It's less than $3 a day, which is way cheaper than that uh, cold brew habit you've probably got going. And with over 7,000 five-star reviews and plenty of fans like pro athletes and trainers, AG1 is perfect for you. It's a great lifestyle change, and it is a very easy micro habit to get into. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. And that's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are just wrapping up really quickly with some final thoughts on a potential trade acquisition for the Jets, somebody who I think Winnipeg probably has a modicum of interest in. Um, this player, you know, feels like kind of the one that got away from the Jets. Uh, a kid who was drafted after Logan Stanley, you know, at the time, Stanley was, look, he was a controversial pick from day one. We all knew that, you know, his... His NHL ceiling was going to be a little more modest than I think you were hoping for. A guy who might comfortably become one day a seventh defender or maybe like a number 60, but not much more than that. And the player who was taken after him that we're talking about is Alex Debrinkit, man. And if you've ever seen like Debrinkit play and you've seen him plenty enough terrorize the Jets, you know that Alex is one of the league's most premier scorers an amazing, amazing attacker, somebody who's super elusive in space, extremely creative. He's got vision and, and passing and, and uh, extremely soft hands for days. His release is nasty. It's very quick, very precise, very accurate, and he loves going top shelf against goalies. He can find those soft gaps. He knows how to get right between defenders, and he's not afraid to mix it up in the low slot area along the walls. DeBrun gets just such a versatile threat, and if you're looking for uh, a guy who would potentially be your alternative to uh, Timo Meyer, and is actually a little bit younger, DeBrinkit is a fascinating choice. Ottawa had already been scouting the Jets for a potential right-handed D, I believe, 
Um, and, and say, right, like if you're thinking about Neil Pionk to the Suns, would a swap there where you have uh, Pionk, maybe Lambert or Lucius, and some kind of a top-level pick as part of this major salary and you know futures package for to bring it, would something like that get it done? I personally don't know just because I don't know how the Sens view uh, somebody like Pionk. And, you know, I, I think Lambert, Lucius, all of those kids would certainly become a major part of their future core. But with how they've kind of done stuff recently, they're really pushing to become um, a, a team that's competitive now. So I have a hard time feeling that futures are what they're looking for. But by the same token, the Suns also know that they're at the bottom of the standings and there's not really a, a clear pathway for them to get back into playoff contention this year. So would they be more focused on next season? Hard to say. If I were the Suns, I personally would not be trading to Brinkett. I think he's one of this league's best scorers. He's a ton of fun. And I think, you know, you 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 sell a little bit low on him right now. He's had 41 points in 50 games, so it's not like he isn't scoring. Uh, I don't know if the impression of him and like the perception of him is that he's a poor player. If anything, he's been one of Ottawa's better attackers. So I, I really hesitate to imagine that the Sens are that hard up to get rid of him, especially after they made pretty big waves to actually acquire him in the first place. But he is going to need a major extension. Uh, his contract is running up really soon. So if Ottawa feels that he doesn't have a long-term future, I would go out and chase him, especially if Meyer is not the player that Jets end up bringing home first. But a lot of things to consider with the Brinkett. I think that there's a real fit if the Sens are still interested in maybe doing a deal for a defender. Maybe this is where Logan Stanley gets moved. Could you imagine Stanley being part of a trade for the Brinkett? Uh, what a time to be alive. But all the same, if the Jets want you know another top-level score option, Alex checks off all the boxes. And like I said, you know, he, he may not be on the level of a Timo Meyer 100%, but he comes pretty darn close, and he's a phenomenal player in his own right, somebody that I would love to see suiting up in the Navy. So let me know your thoughts on Debrinkit. If you want to see him as a Winnipeg Jet in the future, drop your thoughts in the YouTube comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. And as always, I thank you. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But for tonight's episode, that's all the time that we have. We will see you back here tomorrow. So again, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.